0: From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Welcome to the COB. Really great to be here with you on Tuesday, the 21st of March, 2023. Look how excited I am.
1: You're very excited (laughs) today. I suppose the market's up. It's been a tough couple of weeks. We'll take what we can get. (laughs)
0: All right, Carl. how are you today, by the way? I'm very, very well,
1: actually. We've had some fantastic conversations, had a great hour just on the close there, wrapping up some of the action, some investment ideas, as well as what's going on out in the world right now. It's a little bit of a mysterious place, but, well, we'll get all across that in the next 20 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, I will say, though, if you take a look at the markets, uh, look, we've seen a little bit of uh, retracement coming through. Still, I don't want to take anything away from it. I mean, the Super Australia index up by nine-tenths of a percent. We've got, you know, the match-out final happening right now on the ASX. But um, what do you think it was? Do you think it was the fact that we are, you know, still looking at, well, a little bit of pressure coming through on iron ore as we continue to see China, you know, getting a little bit upset about just how exceed the price of this key commodity is? Or is it again, you know, really speaking to the major themes, which continues to be the banking crisis?
1: Yeah, I think perhaps the latter and the way it ties into volatility. One thing that I thought this morning waking up and seeing the price action on Wall Street was that every sector was higher. So highly correlated market at the moment which typically says that well everyone's still trying to work out these big systemic risks and you know maybe we should be a little bit skeptical of well whether these moves reflect a true change in sentiment um, or whether we're just simply seeing the kind of big upswings and big downswings that comes in uh, this kind of market environment well we've got 24 or 48 hours till the Fed I sort of suspect that perhaps we'll continue to see this price action play out at the very least until then
0: Yeah. All right. So our three themes today really are this bounce back and we'll be speaking with a guest shortly about uh, whether or not we can see this momentum continue. Also, we had the RBA out today, monetary Mm -hmm. policy. What was the big takeaway? I mean, in my reading, it was that we've got a data dependent uh, RBA RBA. Uh, that really has made it clear that they will You know, they're up for a pause if the data warrants it.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's exactly what we've gotten from all the commentary from, well, I suppose the RBA this month, but also this week. We spoke about Christopher Kent and Mm -hmm. uh, his speech yesterday about the long and variable lags of monetary policy. But also those minutes really did put on quite literally and explicitly a pause uh, in April on the table. And if you look at rates markets, well, that's what they're pricing in. In fact, even rate cuts before the end of the year.
0: Yeah, rate cuts. Imagine that. And of course, we are making our way toward the FOMC on Friday. Look, 25 basis points was trend on Twitter today, Kyle. I think that says something, doesn't it?
1: It does. I don't know if you trade against that or for (laughs) that. Is a contrarian play? I'm not too sure, but it seems to be what markets are expecting Mm -hmm. from the Fed anyway.
0: Absolutely. Banking crisis or not. Uh, Look, and on the banking crisis, if you don't subscribe to the COB newsletter, we would love it if you did. You know daily that Scuddy or Kyle write a view. And today's Scuddy view was very much in relation to all of the chatter about those at one uh, bondholders that were not made good uh, no. with Credit Suisse being taken over by UBS. And basically, I mean, I don't want to speak for Scotty, but what he's no. saying is you need to know what you're getting into. You need to read the fine print. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. And we're talking about time. institutions and everything else. But you know, you click, 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 all, all of the the boxes on even product disclosure statements here in Australia. and. It was all there. It was all there that uh, this could be a possibility. So, know what you're getting.
1: Yeah, exactly. You got to check the label before you, uh, I suppose, consume. But um, I, this that's really is a message, I think, from scudding again. You don't want to put things in his mouth, but it's a bit of a caveat emptor discussion there. And uh, actually, I had a really great conversation this afternoon from Andrew uh from Val Realm Investments, a new guest, I believe, mm-hmm. for us, and went uh, spoke very clearly, eloquently about the issues some around this. Uh, investment for uh, credit suisse investors in particular when it comes to these cocoa bonds uh, but what it also means for that asset class more broadly and what it also says about perhaps uh, well credit risk in in the broader banking sector so um, actually a really fantastic conversation well
0: it's probably not online just yet and I don't know if it's in the newsletter or your show notes if you're listening to this podcast form but uh, you can find it online osbiz.com.au shortly Um, look there's a number of really great interviews online from today I spoke with Steve Keen Independent economist, oftentimes he's talking about a crash in the Australian housing market. What he was saying in relation to this whole banking debacle is all that the Fed needs to do is buy all those treasuries back from the bank. Simple solution to this banking crisis. Of course, he said that's never going to happen. But in his view, all the economists that are working for the Fed, etc., need to go back to school. He's at accounting school. They need to do their numbers again. So, look, you can find that online, ausbiz.com.au. And, of course, we had um, plenty of stock pickers on throughout the day today. Um, Ben Richards uh, comes to mind from uh, Seneca Financial Solutions. That's uh, available via your show notes or in the newsletter. And he gave us three stocks in the healthcare space. So a bit of a defensive quality there. Yeah, as well. absolutely.
1: And you know, I love my technicals. I had Michael Gable on the trade today, too, looking at some positive technicals for some of the indices out there, as well as looking at the price action of CBA and FMG, he was actually quite constructive. Uh, also had Brian Arsisi on today, another guest who came into the studio from the States talking about investment yeah. opportunities in the Asian region. So a couple of really great ideas there.
0: Just in case you've got a bit of time on your hands tonight. Look, let's get to back to the markets, shall we? I was going to call you Scuddy. Your name's Kyle, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. okay, so here we go. The bank's having a better day today. Macquarie making up most of the losses that it did run into yesterday. Uh, We did see a bit of a mixed picture coming through in the materials space overall. You know, some of the laggards were very much in the... in the gold space. Um, Fortescue as well, down by nine tenths of a percent. So interesting to note that. Um, you know, could be in relation to iron ore, could as well be in relation to some of the news around Wailu uh, making a bid for Mincor. I don't have any further explanation than that. Do you?
1: No, no, nothing too clear for that. But, uh, well, I suppose consumer discretionary is also one or was also one that's caught attention today. Sorry, energy, I am mistaken. And uh, that's a fascinating one because we've seen a lot of volatility there. Coal uh, has been in the headlines just because of its big drops recently. Um, White haven coal bouncing back Mm -hmm. after a loss yesterday, up 3.92%. Uh, This is why I get here a little bit sus on these sorts of rallies because oil prices absolutely plunged last night, uh, yet we saw the energy sector broadly higher. So it makes me scratch my head just a bit because there are clearly some of those growth concerns being reflected in the underlying commodity market.
0: Well, we're showing you the retailers because it was actually the consumer discretionary space. It was the outperformer today. Mm. Um, you know maybe it's because of that uh, pause that we are now expecting could come through if not April, maybe May. Um, but you've got to say, you know, really beaten down sector. I spoke with Sean Hickman from Market Matters earlier today. That's up online. He brought charts with him. He's saying it's just it's still too hard basket to get into these retailers. He is steering clear.
1: Yeah, most definitely. i got to wonder if it is uh, the uh, rate story, perhaps. We are seeing, obviously, those cuts being priced in, but some of the co- top corporate stories today. Yeah.
0: Downer EDI. So if you recall, it came out with an absolutely shocking downgrade. It now is facing a class action. I referenced uh, Wailu making that takeover play $1. forty per share for Mincore and uh, that's for the part of the business that it doesn't already own. So there's in that clean, I suppose, uh, you know, future-facing, if we call it that, um, mineral space. And uh, New Hope was one of the best performers today. It was. with its half yearly report six
1: months results really really solid one interesting one too because obviously we're looking very much at the outlook and that's being reflected in coal prices presently Uh, but the last six months fairly solid and i guess painting a fairly rosy picture or a rosier picture than expected when it comes to demand going forward for coal
0: hello world also made an acquisition so interesting that's uh you know really tough times through the pandemic but it's now being acquisitive and insight tech pivot is uh, one of the companies that was uh, one of the outperformers today, actually. It offloaded Wagaman for $1.67 billion. That's uh, ammonia um, plant in the United States. It's long been a plan. Now it can move forward. uh, The thinking is to demerge its explosives and its fertilizers business. And guess what, Kyle? That was the stock of the day. Mark Moreland from Team Invest and Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Let's listen to what they had to say.
2: looks cheap on the fundamentals. The problem is we know that last time, last year I'm looking here, 53 odd, 54 cents a share, the year before that under 20. In fact, they've only been over 20 cents a share three times in the last 10 years. And so you've got a really interesting analysis to try and perform here of how, how long is it likely to deliver those sort of numbers or are we gonna fall back to something more reasonable? So I like the sale, I don't mind the company. Doesn't look particularly cheap, doesn't look particularly expensive to me right now. Okay. It's not a company that we'd like and the reason it fails our field is, is on stability. Right. It's got about fifty four percent stability of earnings growth mm-hmm. and we like eighty uh, percent. Right. Minimum okay. minimum sixty, yep. but eighty or better. So it can be a it goes, bit all over the place. Well it is all over the place, yeah. Is the answer. Yep. So but look, it, it's not paying an eight point seven percent dividend. Mm. So uh, that's that's not bad in this market.
0: So Instatech Pivot shares ending the session up by four point six percent, and of course we'll wait for those brokers to come out tomorrow and run their ruler over everything that has been said and what is to come from the company. Um, but yeah, it was a solid hold from Scott Phillips, and it didn't pass the team invest filters.
1: There you go. Okay. Not going to
0: the investment committee.
1: Not going to the investment committee, but uh, well. Let's get a view on the day now and to uh, welcome to the Close of Business Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets, joining us obviously from Perth. Carl, great to have your company. Um, we were just speculating about the price action before. Obviously a big rally sort of faded throughout the session. Still obviously those concerns about interest rate policy and I don't think bank stability risks have gone anywhere just yet. But what are you seeing I suppose on the charts and more broadly in the markets? Do you trust this kind of a rally? Is it still too early to tell?
2: Oh, good afternoon, Carl. Good afternoon, Nadine. Hello. Still seeing plenty of Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Still seeing plenty of um, uncertainty, indecision. Clients are backing away. I think that's very clear. So, I mean, basically, uh, my message has been pretty clear also for the last couple of weeks, which is, you know, take chips off the table. So it's not time to be brave or bold. I think you want to just be very conservative and let's see where the dust settles. I know that sounds like I'm copping out a little bit, but sometimes as an investor, knowing when not to be in the market is just as important as knowing when to be in the market
0: Mm -hmm. so what does that mean i mean where are you looking for opportunities or do you just right now stay back wait for the dust to settle Mm -hmm. at least wait until thursday morning local time when we get this decision from the fomc
2: yeah 5 a.m thursday i think is crucial and you know look we're in the media cycle aren't we so for us Uh, Every media release is really important, uh, but I don't think you can understate the importance of what's going to happen at 5 a.m. Thursday morning, Sydney time. And of course, we're talking about the uh, Federal Reserve interest rate decision because it's uh, pretty rare the Fed uh, is on a a, a significant tightening cycle, 500 basis points, give or take, (laughs) over the last 12 months, and you're in the middle of a potential mini banking crisis. So... Will they go uh, plus two five and say, hey, the, the whole, the entire U.S. financial system is strong enough, you know, this is a vote of confidence in the system. Or will they acknowledge that uh, their their own actions have uh, created significant instability in the market and therefore um, respect that and, and pull back? And look, I think uh, stocks you mentioned in your introduction, maybe the bond markets pricing a certain scenario and the stock markets pricing another one. And the, I think stocks are probably pricing in uh, more of a halt or a pause uh, than a continuous uh, but at the end of the day, look, I think, as I said, you, you still want to have risk to answer your question, Ade, where are we investing? We're investing where the trends warrant it. So we we still follow uptrends when they're around. We st- will still aggressively take shorts as well. And I think that's another thing maybe investors need to think about is balancing some of your long side risk. If you don't want to get out of those longs, you don't have to necessarily. You can maybe take on some shorts and if those longs start to pull back, at least you got a benefit there. So look, gold, to answer your question, gold is a sector we're looking at again. Uh, had a bit of a, a, a uh, we got into it in December we got out of it around February we're looking to get clients back into that selectively new crest I th- still think looks looks good uh, we've been adding risk to Northern Star over the last couple of weeks Remelius over the last couple of weeks and coming up on uh, my scan today we talked about it in our um in my in my session my webinar was uh, Resolute RSG was one that came up mm. high on the list as well uh, if you like silver Chart of silver doesn't look as good as gold, but adriatic Adriatic metals looks good. And I did forget to mention that the best chart we found today was BGL, which is Bellevue Gold.
1: Interesting, Carl. Wouldn't mind just taking you back to that kind of global discussion because I was uh, gently admonished today by a a guest (laughs) who uh, told me that actually, if you looked at the uh, charts for for the uh, S and P five hundred and Nasdaq in particular, well, last week stocks actually rallied. And well, I Mm -hmm. mean, with last night's price action, things aren't looking too bad. Obviously, sometimes there's there's noise and no signal in that kind of thing. But I mean, do you sort of see some kind of upside there? Potentially, of course, you've been keeping your eye Mm -hmm. very closely on on U.S. tech stocks over the last well few weeks, I guess.
2: Well, tech stocks have done really well, and that's because uh, short-term yields have come off. So we've seen about an 80 to almost 100 basis point, depending on which of the US um, bonds you're looking at, uh, reduction in yields and uh, your longer duration stocks, like in the NASDAQ, uh, where where they're pre-earnings, or earnings very early in that earnings um, cycle, uh, they tend to do well when interest rates come off. And then you've got the pushing against that, of course, is rates are coming off because markets are expecting a recession. I think the key message is, and just looking at price action, is uh, we can talk about how bad things are. And there's plenty of bears out there, and plenty of alarmists, alarmists throughout social media that will shout, look, this is it, this is the one. But we haven't made new lows on the NASDAQ, on the Russell, or on the S&P 500. So the, the, the money, forget what the noise is, the money is still betting that things are better today, as bad as things sound uh, in the media, Things are better today than they were at the lows in October. Now, the key to those lows were we didn't know in October where the Fed was going to pull back. It was uncertain. They were on this path. The difference between today and the reason why I think markets are in a better place is we do have some clarity around when the Fed is going to pull back. It could be as soon as Thursday.
0: Yeah, I just had a chart up on screen. I couldn't help myself. I love a chart. And that was showing the Nasdaq so performance I- in comparison to the S&P 500 last week. You know, really significantly outperformed the s S&P 500, even though the S&P 500 outperformed itself in comparison to most global markets because, of course, it's waiting to tech. I just think it's a really interesting dynamic for investors to keep their, their eyes on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Carl, another question. So what about crypto? It's around 28,000. Now I know um, it's not for everybody, but it certainly can send a signal sometimes. And there's a lot of folks out there that while probably are feeling a little bit relieved that it's closer to 30 now than, than 20, what do you make of, of that? Because I, I mean, I know that you follow the, uh, the the space quite closely yourself.
2: Yeah, well, when you uh, say closer to 30 than 20, we're talking about Bitcoin specifically. Uh, now that is obviously the the, the Star of the show. Because of the fact there's only 21 million coins minted, there are about 3 million that are burned uh, to the universe, they'll never come back. So it's this idea of an asset that has limited supply. Obviously, gold, we talked about gold and how well that's doing. They're moving for similar similar reasons. The Federal Reserve has created a program where banks can once again uh, get that liquidity. Now, they might not be necessarily getting that liquidity to provide it to the, the economy. I get that. But still, markets are viewing that as a form of quantitative easing just in another, just with another name. So Bitcoin loves that. It loves the idea of money printing. It loves the idea that uh, central banks will ride to the rescue of global economies again. And that's why it's going up. Just in terms of the price action, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, it's it's, what we don't want to see with Bitcoin is one of those big blow offs. It's not doing that. It's a slow burn. And I think that uh, increases the likelihood it can continue to move high. If it breaks 30, dare I say, hashtag FOMO is back on the cards.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Carl, thank you so much. Really appreciate the insights as always. Uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow on The Trade, I'm, uh, I, I, I do believe. So uh, until you then, too. have a great afternoon.
0: All right, let's a take pleasure. a look at what we are still expecting to come through overnight. Look, it's not a huge night yeah. for data, but we do get the zoo survey, as they call it, in the Eurozone. We get existing home sales from the U.S. and we get inflation data coming from China. Uh, tomorrow, look, there are a couple of smaller companies that are out with their half-yearly reports. One that we'll be watching in the retail space, KMD Brands, is uh, is out with its uh, half-yearly uh Update Uh, Kathmandu, think of it like that. And uh, we also have obviously a great lineup of guests coming through as well. We begin the day with Kenny Polkari, who's joining us from Slate Stone. And we do have a, uh, well, I I don't like getting into the name game. I always say this because then I forget all the amazing guests that are coming up. But look, it kicks off quite strong. We'll also be speaking uh, with. well, I've got
1: Prashant Nunaha, who will be in the studio. He's normally joining in from Singapore. So, I'll be taking the big picture tomorrow. And like I said before, Carl's going to be uh, calling in from Perth for uh, another episode of The Trade. So, okay. um, well, that's what I'll be up to.
0: <laughs> we'll get you across what moved this markets in just a moment. Well, let's take a look at some of the leaders on this market. see what we can glean from the price action today. Oh, interesting to note that Imugene so that is a biotech company. it is doing a lot of a really good research in cancer uh, it is got a hervax now, I don't know if there's been any news associated with that uh, it's not on. Uh, my list, uh, but up by 8%, so that's significant. And uh, also, taking a look at New Hope, there you go. Uh, look, these coal miners making money hand over fist, and uh, shareholders set to benefit as well. The share's up by 8%. Yeah, those
1: uh, surprising results there. Um, interesting, though, a little bit of dash for cra- trash, perhaps. Domino's and Magellan and AMP Aww, up 5 or 6%. Harsh. Well, Domino's was on
0: a broker move, so a positive broker move, broker right, move so that's okay. why we saw Domino's up by close to 7%. <laughs> (laughs) Oh, judgy. Uh, But Magellan, yes, up day for it, up by 6%. And uh, uh, AMP, I should say, uh, AMP looking good, up by 5% there. I can't see any news associated with either Magellan or with uh, AMP. So there's some food for thought. Excuse the pun when we're talking about Domino's. And uh, laggards, Kyle. What is it that we can see here for Absolutely. the market
1: laggards? Well, let's uh, let's take a look at where the weakness could be found. And uh, well, Navionics again down by four percent. Paladin Energy. Not sure if that was on much in particular, but obviously volatile, a bit of a nuclear story. Uh, it went Cleanway. Waste management down 2.6%. West African resources down 2.19%. You also said before, too, some of the gold miners struggled throughout the day. Not terribly. They've been up considerably the last week or so, but pulling back with this kind of, well, momentary boost in market sentiment.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, look, some of these companies are often either on the best-performing list, and I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at you, Brainship, or the worst-performing list, uh, down by about 3%. Um, but clean away it was also off 2.6 uh, percent that was on some broker coverage coming through earlier in the day um, but look there's not a huge theme that you can see coming through here but uh, I can tell you that we've got gold Road we've got northern star we've got sandfire resources Perseus mining so all of those gold players to your point just off you know that Lagards list so there's plenty to digest when it comes to laggards in this uh, you know in this market also in the small to mid-cap space. Looking at some of the leaders and laggards, Galileo Mining. Galileo was up by 28%, made a copper and gold discovery at its site in WA. Lark Distilling, interesting. That's been an absolutely battered and bruised stock there. And Vital Metals, its uh, CEO stood down today and it uh, came as a bit of a surprise, obviously a lot of uncertainty. He'd been at the helm for less than a year. So you can see the toll that that has taken on some of the uh, non-Vital Metals in particular down by close to 14%.
1: There you go. Okay. Well, um, another eventful day, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. Good day on market. Let's not take anything away from it. We have the S and P ASX two hundred finishing this session at six thousand nine hundred and fifty-five. So almost making it above that psychological seven thousand level. Off the highs of the day, but up by eight tenths of a percent. You know that I'm a glass half full. I think we should take these gains. And we do have E-mini's in the U.S. as we record. Looking quite positive, although anything can happen, as we well know, between now and the start of the U.S. session.
1: Absolutely. And remember, if you want to catch up on anything that has happened today, make sure you join us or jump on to the website. And uh, But uh, until tomorrow morning, have a great evening.
0: The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with zero dollars commission.